0: If you're like me and you like to go camping, hiking, hunting, um, just be prepared in general, then uh, I recommend you check out Squatch Survival Gear. Their packs are 100% made in America. Each component on the packs are American-made. It's a veteran-owned company out of Texas. Um, It's my buddy, Chris. He started this out of personal experience um, in his military service, he, he fashioned these packs, you know, off of packs that he used, that he had to modify to make them something that, uh, is more, more convenient, easier to carry, less of a load on your body and the, let the pack do the work. They're amazing. I own two. I have the, uh, the Rock Ape and the Mothman pack. I love them. They're the best bags I've ever had in my life. These bags are bomb-proof. I've never seen anything like it. Plus, they're comfortable. When I have them on, I can carry around. I can hike with 25, 30 pounds, and it it doesn't strain my body. The pack does the work. Um, you have to see them for yourself. So go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com to check them out. If you decide to, to purchase one of these bags, use my promo code. It's 23Bump this year. Okay? It's twenty three, B U M P. Use that promo code and it'll save you fifteen percent site wide. These these are packs of all sizes. You know, if you want something you know small everyday carry, or if you want some kind of a go bag, like I'm not coming home bag, he's got them. Check them out. SquatchSurvivalGear.com. Promo code twenty three bump. Hey there, Believers. I know that this episode is a little bit early, um, 14 hours early to be exact. But the reason for that is because I have um, been invited to do a swap cast with Eric Salagi from The Uncomfortable Podcast. And this is the day and time that he likes to share his show. And so I agreed that I would, you know, i take one for the team here, and i release it a little bit early. It's not that bad, right? So um, when you hear this, when the episode kicks off, it will probably be Eric doing his intro first and then us getting into our conversation. So I hope you enjoy this. Oh, please, please pay, pay close attention. I'm not sure exactly when it happens. I, I believe it's around the 45-minute mark. Um, we start having some tech trouble and then those old familiar EVPs seem to be coming back, um, on this episode at least. And maybe you'll hear why maybe it's just, uh, you know, maybe it's just, you know, some kind of feedback on, on his system, but I don't think so. Um, he spent weeks weeks and he had several other people pitching in to help with this to clean this audio up to figure out what's going on here at this certain portion and um there's there seems to be definitely something talking something that uh it wasn't eric and it wasn't me and and it wasn't invited in fact um it's a uh, it might put chills down your spine so just enjoy the show um stay prayed up god bless
1: when he turned his back from shoulder to shoulder looked like as wide as the tailgate of a truck and just darkness, literal darkness
0: just came like all over, just just all over me except where I was standing.
1: This thing let out the most blood-curdling, mind-blowing, spine tingling scream that you've ever heard in your life and it cut through me like a knife.
0: And I knew that they were going to take me. I just knew it. And then the next thing I can remember is being levitated.
1: Well, when I look in there, uh, I see two big eyes staring back at
0: me. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for the believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. Join us and we'll go face to face with what goes bump in the night.
1: folks. Well, this is it. I am really excited to bring tonight's guest to you. Um, he has been on my radar for, I want to say about eight months, maybe nine months. Um, heard the name several times. Uh, it took me a while before I got around to listening to it. Um, and, unfortunately, I reached out, uh, I think, uh, introduction by a friend of ours, uh, Uh, Justin England from the cryptids of the corn facilitated the introduction, Um, but I reached out to him and and he was completely uh, without hesitation as far as deciding he wanted to do this with me. So my guest tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is Bo Kennedy from the Bump Podcast. Bo, welcome to Uncomfortable.
0: Hey, thanks, brother. (laughs) I I appreciate the invitation. Uh, Thanks for having me on. And since we are sharing this on both worlds, um, my guest tonight is none other than Eric Salaji from the Uncomfortable podcast. Uh, like you said, Justin from Cryptos of the Corn, he did a little middleman work for us and uh, put us in contact with each other. And I'm glad he did, man, because I've, I've become a fan of your show.
1: Oh, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. And I am a, a fan of yours as well. Um, I like I like the format. I like your... Um, I think, you know, we, we talked about this some, uh, just before we hit record. And, uh, the, the interesting thing for me is, um, you know, you're, you're really out there as far as your faith, um, yeah. you know, talking about it and, and having it be a part of your, um, your bias when you, when you are interviewing, um, I, on the other hand, and I've been criticized for this, um, I tend to keep my my faith out of it because I look at it as one I guess it even stems back further than that because like when I first started doing the show um I didn't even put my name in the intro it was just I'm your host and that's all I really wanted to be I wanted to facilitate the conversation um but it wasn't going to be about me um then I had some people start telling me, you really got to start putting your name, you got to associate your name with this, you know. So begrudgingly, I started doing that. Um, but, you know, from my standpoint, uh, like I was telling you earlier, I, I tend to try to not let my faith or my beliefs <clears throat> dictate how how I interview somebody because I don't want them to feel... That I've got a preconceived idea of of what they're going to be talking about, um, you know, and I, I I really like that difference, you know, with the way you do it uh, versus the way I do it. I've been accused in one of my in one of my uh, uh, reviews on Apple Podcast, um, I was accused of literally hating Christians, and. <laughs> I'm like, first of all, I don't know what episode that would have been that you would have been listening to. Uh, but they said it, it comes out, uh, in, in any of the other shows that I'm on, you know, as a guest. Um, and, and I just, I I really, I can't, I am the most open-minded and, uh, (laughs) judgmental persons, uh, you're going to run into. And I just, I, can't help, but the, th- that thing is really, it's, it's stuck in my craw. And this is the, the second time now that I've talked about it in an in a <laughs> interview. And it's like, I really, I, I, I want to say you weren't listening to me. You know, right. you, you, I, I cannot imagine what episode that would have been <laughs> because right. I had a number of, of Christians and a number of, you know, people just, spiritualists uh you know people who are spiritual um non-defined i guess um it's amazing to me how people can uh be so judgmental and and not really like we talked about earlier have an open mind and use critical thinking when you're hearing what people are saying you know maybe it was uh, maybe it was in the context of me playing the devil's advocate I don't, maybe you shouldn't do that, but you know, the, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a strange thing for me. You know, I, I can appreciate that. And
0: on my very first episode, when I did my little intro, which I recorded through my phone while I held it up to my head, you know, cause I, I just couldn't wait anymore to start a podcast. I, you know, I screamed into the phone almost, I'm a Christian, but I was just nervous, you know, <laughs> but I, I kind of left, I I, I held back that aspect um, for a while, you know, probably a year and a half of doing the show. I mean, I I never held back from talking about God or talking about miracles and stuff like that. It's just I was trying to fill it out, and my my views on things, um, because I, yes, I, I am a follower of Christ, but. I also grew up believing in aliens. Um, I grew up knowing that Bigfoot has to be real. I grew mm-hmm. up knowing that there are, there are spirits out here um, or, you know, my house wouldn't have been haunted. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, otherwise. So that, there's a, there's like, is your faith. And do you want to put the rest of the world in a little tiny box or do you want to be open and, you know, as far as being criticized by Christians, I had a guy, one star me on the reviews, which is like the coldest thing you can do to a to a podcaster. But he he put in the comment section, and this has been like two and a half years ago or two years ago, that I wouldn't know. Uh, the closest thing I've, that I am to a Christian is when I drive past a
1: church. Wow. Said. <laughs> this might have yeah. been the same guy. <laughs> so I'm like man that's that's pretty good
0: but uh, I don't know but I also I'll get people that are like I'm so open minded you know I'm just this I'm an open spiritual person and then within five minutes like they're open to anything but Christianity and they mm-hmm. you know they, they bring that out and then they make jokes about you know about Christ and stuff and I'm like okay I feel like I'm getting provoked intentionally at yeah, that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because I won't step on anybody else's feet. You know, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I don't care what your faith is as far as our conversations. You know, I've had Reiki masters on the show. I've had uh, atheists on the show. I've uh, It it don't matter. I just want to have a conversation. I want to hear about your
1: experience, you know? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, one of my early episodes, I don't know if it was six or seven, um, I literally talked to a a reverend in the Church of Satan from uh, (laughs) Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, and and talk about, you know, what could be more uncomfortable than uh, a guy (laughs) that was born and raised in the Catholic Church talking to. (laughs) talking to a reverend in the the church of Satan Um, you know but that being said it was an extremely good conversation and it was enlightening it opened my eyes to some things didn't change my belief right didn't didn't change how I felt about satanic worship Um, I don't know that I necessarily believed everything he said because if anything is true about Satan being the deceiver, uh, why would he tell me the truth? You know, so, but it was a very interesting conversation and, uh, you know, it made me slightly uncomfortable, uh, you know, which was, was a great fit for the show. Um, it's a healthy thing too. I mean,
0: you don't only want to talk to people who agree with you. Absolutely. You, don't, you know, what do you learn if, if it's everybody's already in your circle, absolutely. No, nobody's getting fed. There's no growth. So, yeah, I I'd, I'd be open to anybody who wants to come on the show.
1: And that's one of the things it's like I've told other people, it's like, you know, how do you how do you have a conversation with, you know, they've, they've got a preconceived idea that a guest that I had on um, was completely um, nuts. You know, their story <laughs> was fabricated or or they had mental issues or, you know, whatever. And it's like, how do you sit there and have a serious conversation with them? And you know, again, it's a judgment judgment free zone. Um, but hearing their story, being able to look at something through their perspective and how it affected them, doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily change my belief, doesn't change uh, necessarily change anything about how I perceive things, but it does allow me to see things through their perspective. And, you know, the next interview that comes around or the next person that I meet on the street or the next, uh, you know, person I meet at a conference and and they have a story, it gives me an extra, it gives me an extra perspective to kind of step out of myself and see it through another, another filter. And I I think that's just been like one of the most positive aspects of, of doing what we do. Yep, I I
0: agree with you, man. It it's helped me. I've come a long way as far as um, my opinions and my outlooks and my views. I have been very malleable over the last three years, and I've I've taken the beating that that would <laughs> that it would take to to change my shape on things. Um, where I was at when I come into this, as opposed to where I'm at now, I feel like my faith is about the only thing that hasn't changed. Um You know, my, my view of what these, these things are that, you know, we talk about on my show, you know, bump stands for believers of the unexplained monsters and paranormal. Uh Most people think it's just bump in the night, but it's an acronym that I've used since I was in the air force. You that's, know, That's I what I assumed it was. Team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a little ghost hunting team uh that we would, Honestly, we would just get drunk and go riding around and look at spooky stuff. But we, uh, so anything that comes on my show is going to be unexplained monsters or or paranormal activity. And my view of what, you know, the unexplained is, you know, what aliens are has changed over the years. My view on Bigfoot has changed over the years. And it's due to talking to people. That are outside of uh, my my usual train of thought. You know, I I love doing this show. I love everything about it.
1: It's it's very it's a very gratifying thing. It is. Um, have you noticed? And and the reason I ask this is because I have. Have you noticed since you since you started doing this show, and you've come into contact with? Now, I understand that, you know, you did some ghost investigations before and, you know, you had interest in these things that that led you to to doing the show eventually anyway, um, as did I. But have you noticed kind of a, an uptick or a, um, maybe that's not the right word. Do you recognize... More weird now that you you talk about it so often. Uh, I recognize
0: some things more. Um, the weird. It seems like there's been a lull for me lately on just good strangeness. Um, maybe it's because I'm so open that people that share the Christian faith are predominantly who's been contacting me lately. Um, but I think there is a whole lot of strange going on out there. Um, I think that, especially for America, um, I think our eye uh, collectively is turning to, to actually look at things that have been going on for 75 or 80 years. That, um, I, I think I said, uh, it's, it's been going on, but I think the, the weird is starting to get more attention now. Uh, I don't know if it's, there's an uptick in it or if it's just people are starting
1: to pay attention. I, I agree with you on that. And I guess maybe I didn't ask the question oh, I'm as, sorry. as well as I, I should have looking back on it now. I, I'll reward it. Um, when you when you look into the darkness all right and i'm not i'm not specifically talking evil but i'm talking when you look into the dark the things that go bump in the night right do you notice or get the feeling that things are looking back at you now where oh yeah where maybe it didn't before yep yeah i think uh
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And things come to mind when you say that, I don't know if we should save it or we go ahead and jump into things, but, uh, yeah. And I do, I do feel like there are things that once you start poking around, you know, once you start, you know, digging in, Mm -hmm. things take notice of your curiosity or of your intention
1: I would agree. And they respond. I would agree. It has, yeah. become, it has become very obvious to me that, you know, and I guess I use this analogy before. It's like when you go outside and you, you're in the complete dark and it takes your eyes a little while to get acclimated to it and then you can start seeing a little bit better. Um, I think, you know, like <clears throat> the first part of that statement is where I was for a lot of years in my life. And now that, now that I've I've delved into things much deeper, now when my eyes acclimate, I feel that I'm seeing things looking back at me. Oh yeah. And I've, I've oh, been yeah. fortunate that um, I don't really think I've had anything that has been acting on me, but I've been in the I've been in the peripheral of feeling that action. All right. I don't think anything is like directly coming after me or directly acting on me, but I do feel that that presence. I do feel that that is around. And I wonder if it's, if it is because of my, my inquisitiveness about it, you know, is it, um, is it staying away from me because my intent and, and what I have in my heart is um, is good and true? And is it just kind of letting me know that it's there? I, I, I don't know. I mean it's uh, it's a strange it's a strange thing to come to the realization when when you start having things happen, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that this stuff happens, you know, on a daily basis for me. But, Correct. you know, there's there's been some things that have been kind of profound. And, oh, yeah. you know, I obviously I had a belief in in UFOs and I had a belief in in Bigfoot from an early age. You know, when it, the first time I saw Patterson Gimlin film, when I saw Patty walking across that Bluff Creek. Um, there was, there was nothing about that, that seemed fake to me, (laughs) it was completely organic. It moved, it flowed. There was nothing to me that looked like a costume, you know, and I couldn't, I couldn't understand, um, where people were coming from with the fact that it, you know, it was, and maybe it's just a, a firm disbelief in the, the possibility that it exists, that it, it can't exist. So it's gotta be a costume.
0: Um, well, it's easier. Yeah, it's easier that way. You know, yeah. You're not afraid of the woods uh, that way. But, you know, one thing that you're talking about, how you're on the periphery of, of these things, uh, I, I feel like I am in their crosshairs a lot uh, of these things that stare back. Um, and I, I honestly, you know, going back to how we started this conversation about how open we are or how reserved we are about our faith, I think that that may play a part in it, Eric, to be honest. You know, where I I boldly go into it. Uh I think it's I'm not trying to provoke what's on the other side. But it's they want me to shut up you know that's I want, would like to see me shut up and where you have managed to to keep that a little closer to the vest you know they got you know they got their dog out but it's still on the leash you know they have that's, they haven't
1: that's a very interesting way of looking at it
0: you know and i i think it's what's going on here man cuz it is all the time in my world and it wasn't like that it wasn't like that 3 years ago yeah when i started the sh- you know when i first started the show it was hey, let me come out here and talk about my faith and let me bring this person on and we're going to talk about, you know, unclean spirits. We're going to talk about spiritual warfare and demons and then all of a sudden I'm starting getting EVPs on my recordings, Um, calls drop. I had a glitch that looked like a 1990s TV hit on my screen. Like, it went snowy. It had, like, green bars. Really? like. Yeah, it was really weird. And here I'm talking to somebody on Zoom. You know, it's like weird stuff happens. And it's it got to the point where I had to break out anointing oil. And I anointed all of my equipment, prayed over everything. I pray over a lot of shows before we start, depending on the topic especially. And everything stopped. Now... I don't know. I don't know why else it would stop, unless <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. But I, I think that might be why they haven't necessarily fully noticed you yet.
1: That's um, very interesting. That's a, what a great perspective. I've I've not looked at it from that standpoint before. Yeah.
0: So hopefully. You know, things keep on behaving for you because it sucks, I'll, I'll be honest. But, you know, I, I do what would be pretty foolish things, you know. It would be almost the equivalent of walking into the ring with Mike Tyson with no experience in boxing. You know, sometimes you, you get thumped and don't know what, what you even did wrong.
1: Right.
0: Um, but, man alive, it it, it it quickens you. It helps you learn real fast um to protect yourself before you get into certain topics.
1: Yeah, that that is a that's a great thing that you bring up because um <clears throat> you know, I've been I've been coached to um not only uh, not only pray about you know, keeping the show safe, keeping the the guests, keeping myself, um, my equipment. You know, I mean, you know as well yeah. as I do, this is not a this is not a cheap endeavor. You know, no. if you want to if you want to put a good show, um, there there's a considerable expense to it, and um, but I've also um, I've also had uh, a, a wonderful person in my corner. Who has uh, taught me the um, the important the importance of uh, bubbling, uh, you know, from the standpoint of you know a, a, what a light worker would do, um, okay. and you know, I mean, essentially it's the it's the same thing. Um, you're just instead of you know saying the prayer, you're kind of envisioning a uh, a protective realm around you, um, Mm. you know, and and the intent behind creating that and, you know, it keeps things out or at least keeps them at bay. Um, You know, the one, (laughs) and it's funny because I do it on a regular basis um, with most shows. You know, there's a few topics that, you know, I I may be talking to an author or something and uh, I don't really feel the need for it, but um, there was one show not too long ago, um, that I really did not, I, I had no expectation of, of what was going to be discussed. And, uh, a woman brought up the fact that she had been, um, basically abused by a incubus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it was, it was strange because she talked about it in a very matter-of-fact way. Um, you know, naturally, I jumped to, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a pretty substantial thing. You know, it, did you end up having to talk to somebody about this? You know, didn't I mean, what was the process of, of getting rid of this thing? And basically, she moved. Um, but, you know, that 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 segment that we talked about. And then there were some other things that, you know, weren't even related to that. But after we had ended the recording, we continued to have a conversation. And it was on, like, what we're doing here um, on video. And I'm looking at my screen, and out of the peripheral of my right eye, just behind my computer screens, I see... A black head stick up mm-hmm. just very quickly but I was like I noticed it and I look back at the screen and on the screen in their video I could see a shadow move across her very quickly and then she says wow what just happened did your lights go out or something because when she was looking at me through her screen she saw a flash of light at the same exact time that i saw that head pop up yeah you know and that was a that was a creepy i'm not going to lie man that that one it still gives me chills talking about it now
0: oh yeah no that, doubt
1: that was a that was a creepy and and to have it take place in two places simultaneously you know, and then not even having to take her word for it. I saw the shadow move across her, and, and I did see, like, a flash of light in the screen. But I'll tell you this, when I go back to play it back, I still see the shadow in front of her, but I don't see the flash on me. Wow. So whatever it was was happening on, on her end as far yep. as viewing me. That was, yep. that was a very strange thing and, and and coincidentally um prior to that interview I took no precautions because I thought we were going to be talking pre- primarily about UFO stuff right and after that giddy up hey, every, buddy. every time <laughs> don't every care what time. don't care what we're talking about poodles I'm bubbling I'm saying yeah. some prayer
0: yeah. Yeah. I had a guy on, I haven't even released the episode yet, um, but I had a guy on the other day and we were talking about, you know, how to, you know, protecting ourselves and how he started praying over his family all the time. And um, he hasn't had a problem in seven or eight years, you know, everything's been good. No problems. And I said, well, man, I said, I'm not trying to be that guy, but when we hang up and when we get off this call, how about you just say a little prayer over your house again? I said, cause things tend to happen. And he was like, Yeah, yeah, man, that's no problem. And then what it wasn't two minutes later, his computer just hard crashes, dead, gone. And he sends me an email later on, you know, once he got everything back online, he's like, I'm praying.
1: <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> yeah. Isn't it isn't it funny though, you know, like you talk about like some tech tech difficulties, you know. Um, yeah. your video season up getting weird, uh, snowy, you know, stuff that looks like it's off a 1979 Curtis Mathis, uh, TV set that it was a piece of furniture in your living room when you were a kid. Right. Um, you know, I've had a number of, um, technical difficulties and, you know, I use a roadcaster and there is a, there's a touch screen on that unit. And back during the time when I was, uh, um, having, having conversations with Joel Thomas, um, the screen on my, my roadcaster was literally shaking back and forth. Wow. It was, it was just, you know, wiggling back and forth. I've never seen that before. I've never seen it since. Um, You know, we had we had email difficulties. He was trying to send me um, his portion of the show. I think we used Zencaster at the time, and he was sending me his audio. <coughs> Excuse me. And it would only send 10, uh, 20 minutes at a time. We recorded wow. for almost two hours, but it would only send 20 minutes of the first half and 20 minutes of the second half. Um, you know, so, you know... I mean, it's technology, right? You've had, your right. Phone, you've had your phone where it screws up or it bricks up. Um, you know, you turn on your TV and the Wi-Fi is not connecting. You know, technology, you have issues with it. Um, so it, it's hard to look past, eh, it's a machine, you know. It, right. It's electronics. There's going to be issues. Um, you know, that's where my head wants to go. Most times, but when you start having it happen consistently, when you're talking about very similar things, you you know, I can't help but start putting some belief behind something's interfering for a reason. Now, you know, like, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's good spirit that's interfering because maybe what I'm saying or talking about is just flat out not true. And it doesn't want me to, it doesn't want me to talk about something and give people an idea that is false. You know, maybe it's trying to interrupt me because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. (laughs) Or, you know, maybe it's something more nefarious. And either what we're saying is something that they don't want to be brought out. Mm -hmm. Or... It's something nefarious and they're purposely causing disruptions so that people take, take heed. And they're like, Oh man, did you hear that episode where they were having all the problems with the technology? Because they'd rather you look there than look at what they're really doing. Right. You know, I I don't know the answers to those, but (laughs) you know, (laughs) it, it, it makes me wonder. It's like, what is what is acting on that that conversation right it's hard to know what
0: is going on or why all we know that it is you know that's all we can know is that it is going on
1: you know and it's funny i mean i have a um a friend of mine that i talk to on a regular basis and every time i talk to her without fail siri on my apple watch Mm mm-hmm will kick on and it will it will say you know I'm trying to find that online I don't seem to be able to find anything um yeah but the, then there's been times where it is it has come up with like and it's relevant to the conversation that I'm having you know and you know yep. again it's technology you know I just said her name and she didn't answer right it didn't kick on right but yet I can be having a conversation where I don't say her name and it kicks on and, and spits out something that has some relevance to, to my conversation. And it's like, right. well, you know, well, yeah, what, what, what's, what's going on?
0: Well, we didn't mention the, the, you know, the NSA CIA portion of all of this, yeah. you know, <laughs> get, get yourself on a good watch list or two. And yeah, you might have tech troubles that way too. Who knows, man, there's too many variables.
1: There really is it's uh you know and and it's it's kind of funny for me because you know I was born and raised Catholic, haven't been practicing um probably since the age of fourteen thirteen fourteen um, I was
0: born and raised Catholic too,
1: you know um I've told this story a million times uh, after winter break priest asked us you know what'd you do over winter break my parents took me to chicago we went to all the different museums and i really i had a ball seeing all the dinosaur bones at the i don't know if it was the field museum or the natural history museum whichever one it was and he just laughed at me and told me that you know the the dinosaur bones were they never existed that's just stuff that's been made up by man for entertainment um You know, and that was, that was my first, you know, when we talk about having, using critical thinking and, and kind of following your gut and stuff, I was like, no, I I mean, there were fake bones in there because they didn't have all of them, but you know, the vast majority of the skeleton was real. And he was like, no, it wasn't. And then I was like, that really, for being 13 or 14, whatever it was, seventh grade, um, that really impacted me. It's like. What do you mean it's not real? Right. You know. So yeah. if if I don't have faith in you to be able to have a conversation where you're not going to tell me that what I've what I've seen and what uh, you know what has been excavated from the the ground of this earth for you know years and years. What what else are you not telling me the truth about? Right. You know, right. And
0: I get that, you know, and our priest never said anything negative against dinosaurs or anything like that. Maybe this guy was just a a
1: old school conspiracy theorist. Uh, He was something. I tell you, he was something, (laughs) but it, it it just, you know, and I, I guess to some extent, I guess I'm kind of thankful that he did that. Um, because it it didn't drive me away from my belief in the Creator, it didn't drive me away from my belief in um, you know uh, a, a Holy Spirit, um, right? But it did drive me away from men, and when I say men, I mean uh, as a as a species, man. Um, hmm. You know when there's a when there's a narrative when there is, when there's something that can be gained by not telling you the truth, um, right. you know? So I, I think even at that early of an age, that started me being more critical of what I, what I heard, what I read, what I saw. Um, you know, I, I kind of started putting more of a microscope to it and I, you know, that, that's, I guess, a, that's what's turned me into who I am today. Um, right. You know, we talked about well, it before. It's like keeping an open mind, um, backed by your beliefs, being open to possibilities that other people think are are crazy. Right. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, um,
0: you, you've had these, those moments in your life where you needed to apply critical thinking, and when you saw Patty for the first time, mm-hmm. you were sold on her. Did you have any experiences in your youth or your younger years um, with anything that you couldn't explain, like any personal accounts or anything? Because that's, you know, that's, uh, that's what my show thrives on is firsthand a- accounts for the most part. Man, I've um, I, you, to, I got a ton of them. Do <laughs> like, you? Yes, I do. <laughs> are we talking haunted, or are we talking uh, cryptids? What?
1: I I can tell you this. Um, it spans what I believe to be a UFO. Um, I had a, an enormous amount of interaction with my dad after he passed away. Um, what? And then what could possibly have been um, in my mind i'm I'm fairly convinced that it was uh, not a visual sighting of a of a Sasquatch, but again, I was in the peripheral effects of being around one um, you take your pick, I can tell you all of them or uh, you know. Why don't we do that? Why, why don't I tell you mine, and then uh, then we get into yours? Sure, um, let's do it. So, I think like the first, the first main thing, um, I was about fourteen, and <clears throat> my parents had built on an addition to their house to house my dad's mom after his dad passed away. So. She had her own little, um, her own little studio apartment that was attached to the, to our house, and that's where I'm at currently. I am in that studio apartment. Is not my studio, um, and my parents had gone out. My parents were very overprotective, so um, when I say that I still had to be babysat at at fourteen. Um, you know that's that's basically the truth. They were they were very overprotective. I was the only child, um, and on a Friday night, my parents went out. I was watching um, a sh- uh, station out of Chicago, and on Friday and Saturday nights they had the Son of Venguli, which was a local horror movie show. The guy dressed up like in a top hat, like a ghoul. And he would do the in-between commercial breaks and then, you know, you'd get 20, 25 minutes of horror movie and then he'd do another break. And uh, I was watching whatever the movie was and I was, I was laying down uh, in a prone position on the, on the living room floor, had my hands up underneath my chin and I was watching the movie and uh, it was, it was warm out the, the, screen windows were open and I heard a plane going overhead and we are not far from the South Bend regional airport. So hearing planes going overhead was not unusual. Um, but it just seemed to continue to go and go and go and go. (laughs) You know, it was like, it was loud for too long. And I remember looking back at my grandma and saying something about it, you know, Man, that plane's really taking a long time to go over the house, and it was just a couple of moments after that, um, we were getting it, we were getting close to about eleven o'clock. It was it was somewhere in the neighborhood of ten thirty to eleven o'clock at night. Um, all of a sudden, my entire neighborhood lit up brighter than brighter than daylight. Oh, wow. And I got up off the floor and I walked to the front picture window and I looked over at my grandma and I was like, grandma, what, what's going on? And she's like, oh, I don't know, honey, maybe it's a, it's probably just a storm. And I was like, a storm, you know, it it wasn't lightning. It wasn't flashing this, the neighborhood was lit up. And I, I remember standing there and I was looking out across the the street at my neighbor's and i could remember vividly that it was so bright that you could see inside the canopy of the trees there were no shadows anywhere nothing cast a shadow there was light everywhere um and i remember looking at the eaves trough you know the overhang of the house and I could tell that the light was above. I'm not. I'm not saying necessarily above my house, but it was right. ab- the light. The the illumination that was happening was happening from above, and there was almost a glow right at the edge of the the um, gutters, the eavestrough. You know, almost like almost like if you hung up uh, Christmas lights, that... Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't hang down far enough where you could see it, but you could still see kind of like the halo of the color, you know. And I could just remember—I was in awe. You know, I was—I was looking. I, I can remember looking across the street at Mister Dale's backyard, and I could see the telephone pole with the with the transformer on it. I can remember it being a light gray. Um, I can remember seeing the backs of the leaves on the big oak trees and. It was like lit up from underneath. You know, there just light was everywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can remember looking across back behind their house, where my best friend lived at the time. And uh, <laughs> their mom, when we were young, their mom had gotten drunk and uh, drove through the back of their garage. And you could see the discoloration from the, the siding on the garage where the old siding was and where the repair was done. It was, it was that vibrant. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, my grandma came over and grabbed me by the, by the right arm and she started pulling me away from the window. And as she did, <clears throat> right like two houses away from me, my street starts to curve. And right where that curve is, there's a, a dusk to dawn street light. And just as she pulled me away, the light went off, and it went back to being nighttime. And I, I kind of pulled away from her, like not in a mean way, but I, I didn't want to leave the window. And right. she kept saying, come on, get away from the window, get away from the window. And I remember looking at that street light, and it was just starting to flicker to come back on again. Whatever happened, it was it was bright enough that it shut that light off. And as soon as it went back to being completely nighttime dark, it started kicking back on again. You know, this whole thing, you know, uh, to me, it seemed like it took several minutes. Um, right. You know, in reality, how long did it take? I don't know, but I do remember an awful lot of detail, <clears throat> you know, from from what I witnessed um right. I can't remember if the the sound of the plane was still going on um at the time or not I don't know um but yeah you know that was that was one of my first real holy cow moments um and then you know we move f- forward after that um i had i had dated this girl um so i would be a senior hang on a second let me try to do something with this video So I was dating this, uh, I was dating this girl. I was, uh, I graduated high school as a junior. So it would have been my senior year. She was a senior at a different high school. And uh, she graduated and went down to Southern Indiana for college. And, you know, back in the day, you know, you made mixtapes. You'd send it to your girlfriend, you know, I'd make a care package up and send her a mixtape of songs that we would listen to and, you know, some of her favorite candy bars and probably a love letter and something else. And so my dad was, my dad was really, really cheap and he would not let me make long distance phone calls from the house. So I would, I would have to, I would have to go down to the local payphone with a handful of change to talk to her. Yep and uh i sent her down this this tape that i had made and uh you know i gave it a couple of days to get there and i i went down to the the payphone and i called her and uh like her her roommate got on the phone and she just like tore my ass one one way and down the other and i was like whoa what are what are you talking about and then my girlfriend got on the phone and <clears throat> she was like, I don't know what you think you're doing. Why you think that's funny? Um why would you do that to somebody? And I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? And she she just basically reamed me out and then hung up the phone on me. And uh, a few days later, the box came back to me in the mail. And uh candy bars were still in there she she didn't take anything she just sent it all back and um so me being depressed and bummed out you know that I didn't know what was going on um, I, hold on my, my cameras are going nuts here man
0: uh, I'm sorry you're fine I have no clue how that what happened <laughs> See, nothing's responding. I'm frozen. Let's see. Well, I don't know. I'm not familiar with this.
1: Are you hearing me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you fine. All right. whatever you had on earlier, uh, just a moment ago. Yeah. I was seeing you from behind your ring light. Yeah, I know.
0: That's, what's weird. <clears throat> that's, that's like my, uh, my desktop camera, you know, my, my desktop is behind the, my podium, my, uh, my tripod. tripod. Yeah. Um, no idea why I would switch over to that camera. Let's see. I think I found it here. Let me. Right, nothing's responding. I'm clicking buttons and nothing's going on here.
1: Very strange. Yeah, man.
0: Let me see if that'll work. Aha! There you go. Uh,
1: yep. All right. Sorry. Oh, you're fine. So I I get the box back in the mail. Um, all the candy is still in there. The, the tape's in there. Uh, the love, love letter was opened, uh, but just, you know, shoved back in there. And uh, <clears throat> so I did, you know, whatever a normal jilted boyfriend would do. And I, I took that tape that I had made for, and I went down in the basement and I started listening to it, you know, kind of wallowing in my tears and, uh, you know, just making, making myself more depressed. Um, And I got through one side and then I flipped the tape over. And when I did and it started playing, there was this insane, deep guttural growl Mm. it was just I mean it scared the piss out of me it really did Mm. I was like I had no idea what was what I was listening to and I listened to it for a couple of minutes and I mean I got I got nerved out bad and I called my buddy Kevin and I said hey bud can you can you come over And he came over, I told him what had happened, and then I played that tape for him. And he's like, you need to tell your dad. And um, so we took the tape upstairs and I told my dad about it. And the thing that was weird about it was my dad did not, he he wasn't like he was quizzical about it. He didn't ask ask a bunch of questions. Um, He just kind of took it and he's like you take this out to the end of the driveway and you burn it and i was like what and he said take it to the end of the driveway and burn it and i was like that seemed really strange you know to yeah. to have that response from him but yeah. we but we did we took it outside we took it down to the end of the curb and I had gone back into the garage and I got a little Dixie cup. And I had poured a little gasoline for the lawnmower in it. And I poured that gasoline over the... Um, now, here here's where my critical mind starts thinking, looking back on it. It was, you had to add oil to the gas. And it was all old lawn boy. So, you know, the gasoline had a bluish hue to it, right? Because it has oil in it. All right. I took that... And it was maybe a, a quarter of that Dixie cup. I poured it on it. I set it on fire. And Kevin and I stood there and looked. And inside of the orange flames that were coming up, there was a blue upside-down cross. Wow. And Kevin, Kevin was a big boy. He was a roly-poly. And, and that boy... He had smoke coming off the back of his shoes. He flew <laughs> into the garage and into the house, right? And beat me, beat me getting in there. And <clears throat> he was a funny dude. Man, I love that guy. Um, he's like, tell him, tell him, tell you, tell your dad what we saw. Tell him, tell him. And uh, so I told my dad, and he said, um, he's like tonight when you say your prayers I want you to say this and he told me this prayer and it was I'm so used to saying it in my head and not out loud so give me a second here Um, dear Jesus cover my family friends and myself with your blood Protect protect us from all the evil in the world and it was super simple. It was just that. And I've never heard anybody ever say that before. I was never taught that in school when I was uh, going to Catholic school. It was it was nothing, you know, cover me with your blood. Right. And protect us from all the bad in the world. Um, and from that day on, when I say my prayers... That is the last thing that I say. Till this day. My dad, yeah. my you know, that was probably nineteen eighty five, eighty-four. Um, right. And and it's been with me ever since. So, you know, I don't know what the hell that was. I know what I put on that tape was not right. that you know that tape had Frankie Goes to Hollywood and Mr. Mister and and a bunch of bands from the the mid 80s on there it was not uh, some you know demonic sounding growl um right. you know and then um you know uh, there were some other things but i think more significant um my dad my dad was hit and killed by a car um in 1987 So I was 21. Um, PSA for all you kids out there. Um, If you're drunk, call an Uber. Call a taxi. Call a friend. Call somebody to come pick you up. My dad decided to get drunk at a bar, which was very close to our house, and decided to walk home instead of bothering anybody to come pick him up. Well, he made it across four lanes of a five-lane highway, and he got hit and killed. So at 21 years old, I went from having a mom and a dad to um, having a knock at the door at, like, two thirty three o'clock in the morning, officer standing out there saying, are you alone in the house to my mom? She's like, no, my son's here. And he's like, you need to go down to Pawdyn Hospital because your husband's been killed. I mean, it was literally, that was the, you know, no bedside uh, manner whatsoever. Hey, ma'am, I'm right. sorry to tell you, you know, you, you need to get down to the hospital. It was just basically your husband's dead. And, you know, it was like, um, and and the strange thing is that the interactions that I had didn't, didn't start right away. It was probably eight, nine months, maybe even a little bit longer after that. Um, I, you know, I, I'm, I don't know if you've ever been divorced or have friends that have been divorced, you know. But after you've been with somebody for for a long time, um, and and that's not there anymore, um, you, you go through a a little bit of a wild phase where you kind of go sow your oats, you know. Yeah. Um, and that that was something that my my mom had done, not not to make her sound like she was a bad person, but you know, not at all. twenty twenty years of marriage, and now all of a sudden everything has changed, and you know she's trying to find out who she is, and yeah. so you know she uh, she was spending a lot of time with a, a new guy, um, and I was staying in the house that my dad had lived in with my mom. Um, I was living there pretty much alone for the most of the week. I mean, she'd come by and see me on the weekend or whatever, but for the most part, I was living here alone. And uh, <clears throat> I had gone out to, uh, I bought a, uh, my first cordless phone. And uh, when I was at ABC warehouse, I bought, uh, I bought my, my first cordless phone and then I thought you know I'm important enough I need an answering machine so I don't miss calls anymore you know and uh, so I bought an answering machine as well and uh, I had probably only had that phone for maybe a week or two and at around sometime around two o'clock in the morning the phone rang and I sat up and I you know, we, the phone rings in the middle of the night. It's never a good call, right? Right. <clears throat> so I answered the phone. And I said hello, and on the other end of the phone, I hear, "Hey, boy." No. Now, my name to my dad <laughs> for ninety nine percent of my life was boy. Right. Hey, boy, go cut the grass. Hey, boy, go watch the car. Hey, boy, get your homework done, and over the phone I hear hey boy Hmm. and then you know a lot of people listening to this now maybe don't remember landlines (laughs) but when you hung up on somebody with a landline you got the "Eh, eh, 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 oh yeah eh." and that's what it did Hmm. I put the antenna back down I hit the off button and I put it back in its cradle and as soon as it touched the cradle, it rang again. And I picked up the phone and I said, hello? And it's a woman's voice and she says, is anybody in the house that shouldn't be there? And I said, what? And she says, "Is are you alone in the house? And I'm like, ma'am, who who is this? And she goes, is anybody in the house that shouldn't be there? And I said, no, it's two o'clock in the morning. Who is this? She says, I'm, you know, Sergeant so-and-so with the South Bend, uh, St. Joe County Police Department. And she goes, I need you to make sure that nobody's in the house. And I was like, ma'am, I said, "I'm, I'm laying in bed. You know, I've been asleep. And she goes, would you please stay on the phone with me and go check, make sure the house is fine. So I got, I got up out of bed, you know, I was bare ass naked and I grabbed my, uh, my 44 and I went through the whole house, went into all the different rooms. Nobody's here. Uh, garage door was closed. The doors were all locked. No windows were open. And I told her, I said, man, there's nobody here. And I got back and I was sitting on the edge of my bed and she's like, well, we got a nine one one phone call from this from this phone number, and I was like, "You got a nine one one call from this number?" And you know, I, I still going through my head. Now I'm 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 freaked out because you know, I just got woke up in the middle of the night. I heard my dad's voice. Then immediately I get a phone call from the police saying they got a nine one one call from this number and they're wanting me to check the house out. <clears throat> it was all it was all very confusing. Um, you know, hearing the the lady's voice from the police department kind of kind of put my dad's voice kind of on the back burner, and <clears throat> right. you know, and then she ends up the end of the conversation is. She's like, "By chance do you have a cordless phone?" And I said, "Yeah, I do i you know I mean, I just got one, and I've only had it for you know a couple of weeks and she said, "Oh well uh some of some cordless phones have been known to um dial nine one one by themselves and I was like, <laughs> you know I mean, none of this was making any sense to me right. well, you know after after it had happened. You know, I, I kind of started thinking, and it's like, so my dad called. I was awake. You know, I, when I hung up the phone, I was, I was looking around my room.
0: That's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want more content, if you want to submit your own story to be on the show, if you want to listen to past episodes, or if you want to donate to the show, you can do all of that through bumppodcast.com. So just go there, uh, explore the website, check it all out. If you want to sign up to be a member, it's super cheap. It's just $1.75 a week. You can cancel it anytime. Get in on uh, all the, the new, latest, and greatest stuff we have going on. All right, so again, thanks for listening. I love you. God bless. Is that
1: long? In the distance, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. with his garment
0: white and snow, with a voice that sounds like thunder, walking on the street of gold, his a prince. He's like lightning. Today. Sitting high okay. upon
1: oh, yeah.
0: His throne. Sing, asking you, thousands, oh, yeah. times 10,000. Saying, oh my God, we yeah. made it home. <laughs> glory, glory. So we oh, yeah. where the tree <laughs> of life is blooming, oh. where the land yeah. has yeah. not yeah. been told, like this, no <laughs> more tears. Personally, ready to submit your life to God and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? The book of Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says it really simply that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple to be born again, to start a new life as a child of God, to join God's army to rise up against the evil forces that you know are all around you. You don't have to do it alone. I love you. Jesus loves you. And may God bless you.